Well, good morning. Welcome to the church at Avenue South. We are so grateful you're here, especially if this is your first time here with us. We're thrilled and we're honored by that. And so please let us know what we can do to serve you. You do not have to be a member for us to do that. And so you have a connect card, a little old school, but it's in your chair. I'm going to ask you to turn one of those in later to let us know you were here and just to pray for you. But also you can grab anybody on your way out of the church. If there's something you need, you don't have to be a member. Uh, We're thrilled that you're here this morning. And Nick shared just a moment ago that we are going to continue worshiping together. We have sung together. We've prayed together. And and if you know us, we're going to do the same thing on Easter morning. It's a little bit uh, more celebratory and joyous because this is the most important day in human history. Uh, We're going to talk about scripture and I'm going to read to you and we're going to read together from Luke's gospel talking about the resurrection of Jesus. And so if you want to join us, I hope you'll turn to Luke 24. Uh, We're also going to put it up on the screen if that's what you prefer, but we want you to be able later this week, and I mean this sincerely, um, we want you to be able the rest of your life to find hope in the person of Jesus. And so if it helps you to root your hope in his words, then then we want you to do that. Uh, As you're turning there, you know, the, the resurrection seems so like improbable. It seems like so unbelievable that God raised a a dead man from the grave. It had never happened before in human history. It seems incredibly improbable. But you know, there's a lot of things that are hard to believe, but they're true. Um, I I geek out over like just random facts. And and somebody told me not too long ago that like the continent of Africa is the only landmass, the only continent that has land in all four hemispheres. It's southern, northern, western, eastern. I was like, that, that's pretty cool. So then I just started looking for more things that are like hard to believe, but like that's so random, but that's so true. And um, I stumbled upon this. Several years ago, the city of Redondo Beach, California, I don't know if we got anybody in the room from California, but Redondo Beach, the council wanted to uh, choose an official city bird. I don't even know what the city bird of Nashville is, okay? Um, But they thought it would be awesome to make the Goodyear blimp their city bird. And they voted on it and approved it and even honored in 2018 the executives of Goodyear with a plaque that your blimp is our city bird. Um, Highly improbable, unlikely, but guess what? It's true. I don't know how many movie fans we got in the room. Um, Die Hard, and that series is one of my favorites. Not totally redemptive on Easter, but it's all covered by the blood, okay? Go there with me for a minute. Um, I I don't know how many of you have seen that. You know, you might have watched it around Christmas. A lot of debate whether or not it's a Christmas movie. It is. But let me also tell you this. Before the lead part was offered to Bruce Willis, did you know it was offered to Frank Sinatra? (laughs) 70-year-old Blue Eyes was offered the part because contractually the movie and the series was based on uh, a book that the producers were legally obligated to offer him. Thank goodness it wasn't Frank saving us at Nakatomi Towers and we don't have to see that. It was the launch of Bruce Willis' career. Listen, there's so many things in life that feel like there's no, there's no way, like seriously? And they're true. And so the resurrection is something that even later in life, as you process, maybe later this afternoon, this week, you may be like, there's no way that happened. And I'm here to tell you, like everything in the Bible is totally and completely true. The reason you need to know the resurrection is true is because there's a lot of us in the room who need to know what we can hold on to when life is challenging or life gets a little crazy. And what I'm about to read you is totally true. Now, I love, I see children in the room. We've got wiggles, kids drawing on the floor. That doesn't bother me. I hope it won't for you over the next few minutes. We're thrilled you're here. 
But, I, but I'm going to ask you just to remain seated while I read this, just because there are so many people in the room that are guests and of all ages. And so let's read this together, Luke 24, 1 through 11. It says, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the tomb bringing spices that they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. They went in, but they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And while they were perplexed, it says in verse 4, suddenly two men stood by them in dazzling clothes. So the women were not only perplexed, but now in verse 5, they are terrified and they bowed down on the ground. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Asked the two men. He's not here, but he has risen. He's alive. Don't you remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee and you followed him? He said, it is necessary that the son of man be betrayed into the hands of sinful men, that he also be crucified and that he would rise on the third day. And all of a sudden they remembered his words. And in verse nine, returning from the tomb, they reported everything that these men had shared with them and everything they could see and comprehend to all the rest of the disciples, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James and the other women with them were telling the apostles these things. But these words seemed like nonsense to the disciples and they did not believe the women. I will say the word of the Lord. If you would say, thanks be to God, the word of the Lord. You know, I told you that things that sometimes seem improbable or impossible are actually true. The women struggled with that reality. If you ever struggle in your faith, even, ever have to, even after chosen to follow Jesus, if you still struggle with things, that puts you in really good company. These women arrived at the tomb early on Easter morning to anoint the body. Now, you may remember that on Friday when Jesus was crucified, the Sabbath for the Jewish people started at sundown. And when the Sabbath started, God, being so much better at what he does than we can do, he said, you should rest from sundown, and then the second half of the day, and while the sun's up, you work out of your rest. I think so many of us, we work like crazy and slide into home at the end of the week, burnt as a crisp after all we've done with very little energy for our relationships, for the Lord, whatever it may be. But the sun went down on Friday, and so they were not to work, literally, for 24 hours, they were not to work over the Sabbath. So they sat there and they waited. They, they hurried his body into the tomb and they waited. And what they wanted most was, we, we just want to honor Jesus. We just want to honor him. We want to anoint his body. We want to do what we didn't get a chance to do on Friday. So they were truly expecting to find him in that tomb. I told you the resurrection may seem improbable, but it's 100% true. One of the realities of Jesus' burial in the tomb as he was buried in a very public place. He literally was crucified by professional executioners like who didn't fail at their job. He was dead on Friday. He was taken down off the cross, hurriedly buried in a borrowed tomb. It was public right outside the city walls. Like you couldn't like hide him and steal his body later. Like it was in a tomb. There was a huge stone rolled in front of it. And the religious leaders even asked the Roman governor, will you put your seal like your little signet ring where you dip it in wax, we'll pour it on the rock and like seal up the tomb entrance so that if anybody breaks that seal, they'll pay for it with their life. And then 
the Roman governor said, I'll tell you what, I'll do more. I'll put a Roman group of guards around there that they'll pay for it with their life if anybody moves that stone and takes that body. The Jewish and Roman leaders had every reason to make sure that body wasn't gone from that tomb. And yet when the women show up, the stone is gone. And there's two men there, and some of the other gospel accounts say dazzling white clothes. These were angels that appeared to them. And oftentimes the gospel writers will refer to angels as the men at the tomb, standing there, seated there, sitting on the stone. Different accounts tell it different ways, but it's all the same. And these angels say, what are you doing here? He's not here. Like all of the reasons for why, like he shouldn't be here if all of these fixes and things that the humans did to keep him in here were true, but it's not. The power of God has rolled away the stone and called him forth, and he's not in here anymore. And the women, I don't know if they were embarrassed. I mean, they're, they're standing there with jars of spices. Followed him for nearly three years. Standing there with jars of spices. And they see that the tomb is empty. And all throughout Scripture, we have accounts of where people encountered the risen Jesus. I, I could go on and on about all the ways the resurrection is true. It actually takes more faith, perhaps, to try to disprove it or believe that it's not true than the proof we have that he's not there. I'm, I'm not going to spend any more time on that. What I'd like to share with you over the next few moments is why it matters. Even if you struggle to believe it, why it matters because after all these realities of this proof, factual proof, that it really happened, you have people like the Apostle Paul who said this. He started showing up in town, and he appeared to James, and he appeared to Peter, and then he appeared to all 12 disciples, 12 different accounts of people seeing him, that they went the rest of their lives into their grave saying, we saw him, he's alive. They wouldn't do that for a lie. But there were people like Paul who said when he appeared to to Peter, like on the shore of Galilee, Peter, who had denied him, one of the last things that Peter did in interaction with Jesus was deny that he even knew him, epic fail. And one of the first times Peter sees Jesus after the resurrection, Jesus restores him and says, Peter, feed my sheep. The apostle Paul says in Acts chapter nine, we, we've been in a series in the book of Acts in our church. I, I took a little hiatus from Acts. I hope you don't mind to preach the empty tomb from the gospel accounts. But in Acts chapter 9, Paul says, I, I, I was a murderer. I was a hypocrite. I was, I was judgmental of followers of Jesus. And then I met him. And I met him on the road to Damascus. And when I did, he called my name. And from that moment forward, the apostle Paul went from a murderer who wanted to hurt people and judge them and be critical of them to someone who was full of hope and promise in the person of Jesus Christ. The reason the gospel matters, the reason the resurrection matters is because when you meet the risen Jesus, he transforms and changes lives for the better. The reality of the resurrection is it's the greatest demonstration of God's ability and his power and his authority to transform all things, all situations, all circumstances, all people, all lives. God has the power to transform anything and everyone. And that may sound like preacher speak, like you just promising that, like, is it true? Like I, I, I will submit to you the cross on the wall to my left and your right. It's an empty cross because Jesus didn't say on good Friday, I am finished. He said, it is finished. 
And when the stone was rolled away and God called him out, everything that Jesus accomplished on the cross, you and I are born perhaps cute and cuddly. I look around at these children in the room. They're awesome. And they're, they're dressed so sharply. Nick was right. But, but all of us are born separated from God. We call that original sin. That's factual. You know this. We're sinners by nature and by choice. We have it in our blood. It courses through our soul. But we also have left ourselves. We're going to do what's in our best interest. Sometimes like at, at the abuse of someone else, at the disregard of someone else, even God himself who made us. And on that cross on Good Friday, Jesus said, Father, take their sin and place it on me. And that's what the Father did. He placed it on his son on the cross at Calvary. Now, if Jesus died for us and he provided forgiveness of sin, that's wonderful news. But if he doesn't raise, then we've got a Savior who's not alive. We're forgiven, but we're not alive. What do we do with that? But the Bible says that our God is not dead, that he is alive. Jesus even said himself, I am the resurrection and the life. He said this in a conversation with other women. There's a lot of women in this account. And ladies in the room, I love that the gospel captures that the first witnesses that had the courage and the boldness to go to the tomb were women. In the first century, women were so disrespected, and most scholars wouldn't want the women in the community being the first eyewitnesses of good news or something life-changing. But yet you have this here, and even in John chapter 11, when Jesus is talking with Mary and Martha, whose brother Lazarus had passed away. He says this, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, he will live. For everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And then he asks, do you believe this? The reason the resurrection matters is because when God called forth Jesus on that first Easter morning, it was like this. There was nobody else in that garden. Well done, son. Everything that you accomplished on the cross is now available to every human on the planet. It is finished. You have glorified me and you have obeyed my commands. And now I call you forth. And the Bible says that that victorious call on Jesus' life is victory over sin and over death and even over hell itself. Our dear brother, the Apostle Paul, I mentioned just a moment ago, he told the church in Corinth this, because of the resurrection, death has been swallowed up in victory where, O oh, death, is your victory, and where, O oh, death, is your sting? Because the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But what did I ask you to repeat with me just a moment ago? But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The resurrection, no matter how improbable or unbelievable it seems, is 100% true. And the reason it matters is because you can have new life in Christ. That, that symbol has been transformed. And if there's anybody in the room like, I, I knew I was going to go to church this morning, pastor's going to preach about the resurrection, like, and you may think I'm talking to the person behind you, the person in front of you, whatever's going on in your life. Like, I've heard preachers preach, or I've listened, i got my favorite preachers on podcasts. And I struggle in my flesh to believe they're talking to me. I mean, if you knew the entanglements of this complex situation, like you're talking to that brother or that sister, like whoever in the room is like, I'm beyond hope. I submit to you a symbol that we told you on Good Friday was created by the Romans, like the cross was created by the Romans to be an instrument of death, to exact as much pain from a person before they finally gave up. And, and I've had so many people say, that, that is a beautiful cross on that wall. In the first century, they'd be like, I love the electric chair you guys have hanging on the wall in your room. That's fantastic. 
That's odd, a little morbid. <laughs> An instrument of embarrassment. Jesus was publicly crucified while kids and people jeered at him. Made fun. A public instrument of shame and the worst type of suffering that anybody on the planet could experience. That's the symbol that God allowed Jesus to be crucified on so that you can wear the cross on your jewelry and it's beautiful. And you can tack it up on the walls in your home like Amy and I do. Or right here, or like Nick's guitar, that little yellow piece of tape that he's got. It's yellow. He normally wears black. I immediately saw it when I looked at his guitar. There's crosses everywhere. Because the resurrection communicates. It's the best demonstration of God's power to transform all circumstances and all lives. Death doesn't get to have the final say about your life. This is simply... Life we get to live with Jesus, yes, it's hard, it's difficult, it's also exciting and wonderful, like you can see all of creation, but this is not the end of your existence. This is preparation and a brief blip on the radar screen of all that you will get to experience eternal life with Jesus if your faith is in him. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Even though you die, we all will. Body's going to break down, forehead's going to wrinkle. When you look in the mirror brushing your teeth, you don't like that? Like, it's just, we're... We're susceptible to that. But even though that happened because of the resurrection, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you. And what happens when you slip into eternity, if you're in Christ, is you, you open your eyes and you see him and he says, you belong to me. You belong to me. And we laid to rest three weeks ago, Amy's stepmom, for 40 years that she loved and cared for. We laid to rest last July, Big Ron, one of our deacons that would have given anything to be here to serve Good Friday or Monday, Thursday, Lord's Supper. I could keep going on. Uh, it comes with pain and heartache for all of us to have lost someone. Some of you have recently, friends, loved ones. But because they were in Christ, what happened is when they slipped into eternity and they met Jesus, they didn't have to have faith anymore because their faith was made sight. They're totally and completely healed. Listen, listen. The reason the resurrection matters is death doesn't get the final say about your life. And it doesn't matter what anybody else says about you, what they judge about you, what they post about you. It only matters what God says about you in Christ. The same power that raised him from the dead can be coursing through you, through your faith in him. That's good news. I know somebody in Nashville woke up and needs to hear that. And you may be in this room. And for those of us that are followers of Jesus, we've heard sermons such as this, eternal life in Christ, like, it's available to you, and, and maybe you've put it off. I, I'm serious. The women, when they showed up at the tomb, there was probably some measure of embarrassment and conviction when they rolled up in there with the spices. I don't know if they did it like that. They rolled up in there. They get to the tomb, and they're carrying jars and vials of stuff. And the angels are like, what are you doing? <laughs> Surprise. He's not here. It's just, like we to, just like he told you. What are you, do, what are you carrying? Now, I'm just ad-libbing a little bit. That isn't in the text. Uh, just put this behind those bushes. Like nothing, because we just, we knew he was in, we knew he was out of there. Like there was probably some measure of embarrassment and conviction. I don't know if there's anybody in the room, you the same way. I've heard this preach my whole life and I've never given my life to Jesus. And I'm embarrassed that if I gave my life to Jesus, somebody who knows me is going to find out about it and think, I cannot, you poser your whole life. You've been going to church and you're not thought like, Maybe the enemy wants to keep that hold over you for what others might think. If you choose to follow Jesus, somebody might make fun of the simplicity of your faith. How can you believe in that? 
I don't know if anybody in the room is dealing with conviction, but, but did, you, did you see what the women did? Normally I will, I, I'm doing a little bit different on Easter. Normally I'll kind of walk through each verse. I'm summarizing and teaching you from the entire passage, but did you see what the women did? Once the angel said, don't you remember he told you this? And it clicks for them. Oh my gosh. The, the angels are saying, you do believe this, don't you? I am the resurrection and the life, Jesus said to an audience. Do you believe this? They're like, you believe this, don't you? And when they run, I love Matthew's account. Luke is a physician. If we got doctors and nurses and physicians in the room, God uses you in ways that he doesn't use pastors. Luke's a physician, ain't nothing against that brother, but I love how Matthew says it. Matthew says, when they realized, oh my gosh, it's true, he's alive. Matthew says, they ran back to the upper room where the disciples were with fear and great joy. With fear and great joy. I follow Jesus and sometimes I have great fear. The line between faith and insanity is sometimes razor thin, isn't it? Am I, am I taking the right job? Is this what you want, Lord? Is this the right decision for us in our marriage? Like in parenting, this is so hard, Lord. Like sometimes we do that with fear and trepidation. Faith is not simple. Faith is not easy. Jesus said, in this life you will have many trials, but what on Easter? But take heart because I have overcome the world. That's why the resurrection matters. And our dear brother Peter, who's super passionate, like I'm that kind of guy, I resonate with him. He said, blessed be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into living hope. If you need hope, if you want to see Jesus transform the circumstances of your life from beauty or from ashes to beauty, from trauma to healing, from despair to hope, it's found in Jesus through the resurrection of him from among the dead so that you can have an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. And I'll pose to you again the question of the angels, the question of Christ. Do you want that? And it's okay if you got fear, it's okay if you got doubts, it's okay if you got questions. Faith is not having it all figured out and saying thanks be to God anyway. Not having it all figured out. I don't know where this leads, but it's anything but boring. It's adventurous, it's exhilarating, and I find more peace in the presence of God than I ever found by the strength of my own hands or my own plans. Thanks be to God for the resurrection because everything Jesus made possible for you on Friday is available to you today. So here's what I'd love to do. Let me invite the band to come back up on the platform. I have loved worshiping like the, these songs and these lyrics that Nick and the team have led have ministered to my heart. Maybe you're here and you, you, we're about to sing in just a moment and that's what you need to hear again, music. Worship. Let, let them sing over you while you remain silent. Let the Lord love on you through those lyrics. Maybe you're like, all right, this time I've been challenged. I've been encouraged to follow Jesus, and today's the day. And don't you be embarrassed about that. This whole room is full of a bunch of Pauls and Marys and Peters and Marthas and Aarons and Nicks. Like, this church is full of people that once we met Jesus, he changed our lives forever and we don't want to go back. And that can be your story too. We'll, we'll, hey, that's why we have the church. 
lot of questions in America about like the church. Do I really need the church? I like Jesus. We need each other. As we stumble our way forward, God helping us put one foot in front of the other, you're not alone in this. And, and by the way, if you live in the community and you're here for the first time, I hope you'll be back next Sunday. We're going to do this again. We'd love to connect with you the other six days of the week too. But I'm, I'm going to encourage you to respond in whatever way you need to, okay? Let me give you about 60 seconds. You can pray. You can invite Jesus into your life. You can pray for the circumstances in your life. If there's something going on that is overwhelming and it's heartbreaking to you, Jesus sees you. He loves you. Tell him about it. Ask him to help you with that. But please finish your prayers today with thanks be to God that we can call on the victorious, miraculous, wonder-working, resurrection power of God in the person of Jesus to respond to our prayers. You pray for about 60 seconds and Nick will ask us to stand and sing in response in just a moment.